All right, what's up, guys? I'm back. I had to get my food real quick. So uh, let's go ahead and get back to that. Had to get my uh, my fat burger. Jacqueline hooked me up. Thank you, Jacqueline. Uh, she'll be all excited about that one. Sorry, but, I can't uh, do that on this device yet. Oh, he can't do that. She can't do that on this device yet. I don't know what it is. Did, did, uh, let me try. Let me try. Are you allowed to fuck me? Tell me. Tell me. So hold on guys, I gotta uh, fix this problem real quick. Um, my my programming's screwed up right now. I gotta fix it really quick. Okay, hold on guys. I'll get it in a second. Ay ay ay. Ay ay ay. Alright, hope you guys are doing good. Hope you guys are doing grand. Uh, dun 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 dun. I'm just looking up something really quick. I gotta get this program connected. Uh, my AI on the show are kind of being a pain in the nutsack. Hold on, guys. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Almost done. Almost done. Okay. Okay. All righty then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. 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 We're gonna hit it up. Uh, with some uh, Trump loving, loving, because you know we we love the Trump over here. We love the Trump. I mean, he was pretty boss, you know. He said way back in the seventies that, oh yeah, maybe I'll I'll, I'll become president. Uh, yeah, but a lot of shit needs to change. And then he got president, and he tried to negotiate, you know, shit with China, and he got that done. And now it's probably gonna get changed back to really bad. Dun dun dun. But meanwhile, we're gonna get into that one real quick. Hold on a second. I could find it. Oh, here we are. Yay. Now I gotta find the porter. Oh, here we are. Okay. The oh, Jesus, jazz cakes. I just didn't. Okay, good. Whatever. Oh, I dropped, I dropped my tea. Oh, well, it's alright. At least I didn't drop my soda. That would have sucked balls. Because I got a soda, so. All right, so here we go. Boom. You scum. And you better well learn to love it. You scum Americans. What's wrong with you? 
Let's go to Hatches, all right? And I uh, read in the paper today that the Queen is coming to Australia next year. Yeah, yeah, very No, I call her from Australia, right? Stay in my place, all right? Who is this? Man, it's good. I had this, all right? Before her, you deaf on me, Paul Ferrara. I'm from Australia, right? Now, tell me, my man, listen to me, all right? Listen to me, all right? I will speak to you like that, all right? I ring it up to tell you the Queen is allowed to stay in my place, but only on the couch, matter, all right? marketers are more likely to use AI. This is a fact. Our research shows that high-performing marketers are 1.4 times more likely to use AI than underperformers. Yo, I did. Let's fuck it out with some of that old feel-good gangster shit. Fucking years, whole lot of fucking blood, sweat, and tears. Who cares? They don't give a fuck. All of my come taking no prisoners. Who cares they don't give a fuck? Wanna make them taking no prison 
a heck of deal in the overseas. So we started that I couldn't go to sleep. What? And one of my songs, so we sold it for a fee. When they dropped the album, everyone downloaded it for free. In the overseas,
might let you see What you gonna let them see? My nails, hair, hips, heels Nails, hair, hips, heels Nails, hair, hips, heels Nails, hair, hips, heels My nails, hair, hips, heels Nails, hair, hips, heels Nails, hair, hips, heels Nails, hair, hips, heels Okay, dolls, y'all know what time it is Come on Everybody on the floor Everybody on the floor Now I want you to stretch out those arms Stretch out those legs Stretch out that wrist Stretch out that weave I don't want to see you dance I want to see you work Come on Drop for me Drop for me Drop 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 tongue pop for me Pop for me Pop tongue pop for me Pop for me Pop tongue pop for me Pop for me Pop tongue pop for me Pop for me Pose for me Pose for me
and go out. He's time he was born in America. I think he should fuck off.
back after these moments.
Donald Trump has hinted at a possible presidential run in 2024. He was addressing a gathering of staunch conservatives in his first speech since losing the 2020 election. He also attacked the Republicans who voted to impeach him and called for them to be thrown out of the party. It feels like exiting a time machine, landing in the days when Donald Trump was the president of the United States. Aiden O'Connor is the co-chair of the Florida Federation of Teenage Republicans. They have a stand at this year's CPEC. The conservative branch of the Grand Old Party is holding its annual meeting in Orlando, Florida at a time when the Republicans are doing some soul-searching about the... Sorry guys, sorry guys, sorry guys. Hold on, hold on. Sorry guys, sorry guys. Oh man, I'm so terrible, right? I'm so fucking terrible, I know. But you know, shit happens. Shit happens. The future. We're going through some changes right now. We're going from the Republican Party of Lindsey Graham to the Republican Party of President Donald J. Trump. We have some newcomers coming in, like Matt Gates and Madison Cawthorn. We're really bringing change to this party. Some good change. As for every party, the successful fight for the young voters will be crucial for the future of the Rep Republicans. They have a stand at this year's. Trump has hinted at a possible presidential run in 2024. He was addressing a gathering of staunch conservatives in his first speech since losing the 2020 election. He also attacked the Republicans who voted to impeach him and called for them to be thrown out of the party. It feels like exiting a time machine, landing in the days when Donald Trump was the president of the United States. Aiden O'Connor is the co-chair of the Florida Federation of Teenage Republicans. They have a stand at this year's CPEC. The conservative branch of the Grand Old Party is holding its annual meeting in Orlando, Florida, at a time when the Republicans are doing some soul-searching about the future. We're going to it feels like exiting a time machine, landing in the days when Donald Trump was the president of the United States. Aiden O'Connor is the co-chair of the Florida Federation of Teenage Republicans. They have a stand at this. In his first speech since losing the 2020 election, he also attacked the Republicans who voted to impeach him and called for them to be thrown out of the party. It feels like exiting a time machine, landing in the days when Donald Trump was the president of the United States. Aiden O'Connor is the co-chair of the Florida Federation of Teenage Republicans. They have a stand at this year's CPEC. The conservative branch of the Grand Old Party is holding its annual meeting in Orlando, Florida, at a time when the Republicans are doing some soul-searching 
about the future. We're going through some changes right now. We're going from the Republican Party of Lindsey Graham to the Republican Party of President Donald J. Trump. We have some newcomers coming in, like Matt Gates and Madison Cawthorn. We're really bringing change to this party, some good change. As for every party, a successful fight for the young voters will be crucial for the future of the Republicans. Generation Z, which is my current age group, it's very conservative because we saw the, like, the backlash of, you know, the millennials of being like more socialist and we see like, wow, they're wrong. Sani Dash is the daughter of Indian immigrants. She says Trump provides all she needs to be a free and successful businesswoman. I want him to say he's running for 2024 and make America great again because right now I don't think it's as great. Since Ronald Reagan, CPEG is a forum for conservative ideas, a barometer to identify the future leader of the GOP. This year it is all about Donald Trump. Every person I talked to didn't leave any doubt that he is the only presidential candidate they will vote for in 2024, making it very, very difficult for the Republican Party to ignore him. Even so, this year's event is pretty empty. And finally, he is here for the last act of this year's conference. But who knows? Who knows? I may even decide to beat them for a third time, okay? This vague message is enough to feed the hopes of his supporters. I'm very excited, you know. Trump said everything I wanted to hear as a young Republican going forward with the Republican Party. So, you know, I'm excited. You know, I'm just very happy to see the future of the Republican Party is in good hands. For now, the Republican Party seems to be going in one direction. Oh, it ain't hammer time anymore. It's Trump time. Trump time, baby. Trump time. Trump time, baby. Trump time. Trump time, baby. Trump time. I want my money back for all that bet for winning for Trump. Because I know Trump won and I bet a shit ton of Bitcoin. I know his ass won. everybody so great to be with you thank you great to be back at CPAC the place I have really I, I love this place love you people so thank you thank you very much first of all I want to thank Matt Schlapp and his very, very incredible wife and boss, Mercedes, who have been fantastic friends and supporters 
and so great when I watch them on television defending me. Nobody has a chance. So I want to thank Matt and Mercedes. And when Matt called and asked, I said, absolutely, I'll be there with you. I mean, the real reason I said it, I didn't want him to go against me because that, that one you can't beat. So I said, absolutely. And it really is an honor to be here. I wouldn't miss a chance to talk to my friends. These are my friends. And we'll see you again next year and the year after that. And I'll be doing this. I'll be doing this with CPAC whenever I can. And I'll make sure that we're here a lot. You know, if you remember my first major speech, sit down, everybody. Come on. You know, the dishonest media, they'll say, he didn't get a standing ovation. You know why? No, you know why? Because everybody stood and nobody sat. So they will say, he never got a standing ovation. Right? They are the worst. Donald Trump did not get a standing ovation. They leave out the part. They never sat down. They leave that out. So I just want to thank. But you know, my first major speech was at CPAC. And probably five or six years ago. First major political speech. And you were there. And it was, I loved it. I loved the people. I loved the commotion. And then they did these polls where I went through the roof. And I wasn't even running, right? But it gave me an idea. And I got a little bit concerned when I saw what was happening in the country. And I said, let's go to it. So it was very exciting. I walked the stage on CPAC. I'll never forget it, really. Uh, I had very little notes and even less preparation. So when you have practically no notes and no preparation, and then you leave and everybody was thrilled, I said, I think I like this business. I would have come last year, but I was worried that I would be, at that time, too controversial. We wanted border security. We wanted very, very strong military. We wanted all of the things that we're going to get. And people considered that controversial, but you didn't consider it controversial. So I've been with CPAC for a long time, all of these years we've been together, and now you finally have a president, finally. Took you a long time, took you a long time. And it's patriots like you that made it happen, believe me, believe me. You did it because you love your country, because you want a better future for your children, and because you want to make America great again. Damn straight, amen, all day, all night, in stereo. The media Suck didn't balls. think we would win. The pundits, you're right, 
They had an idea. The pundits didn't think we'd win. The consultants that suck up all that money, oh, they suck it up, they're so good. They're not good at politics, but they're really good at sucking up people's money. Especially my opponents, because I kept them down to a minimum. But the consultants didn't think we would win. But they all underestimated the power of the people, you. And the people proved them totally wrong. Never under, and, and this is so true. And this is what's been happening. Never underestimate the people, never. I don't think it'll ever happen again. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. It's fake, phony, fake. A few days ago, I called the fake news the enemy of the people, and they are. They are the enemy of the people. Because they have no sources, they just make them up when there are none. I saw one story recently where they said nine people have confirmed. There are no nine people. I don't believe there was one or two people. Nine people. And I said, give me a break, because I know the people. I know who they talk to. There were no nine people, but they say nine people. And somebody reads it and they think, oh, nine people, they have nine sources. They make up sources. They're very dishonest people. In fact, in covering my comments, the dishonest media did not explain that I called the fake news the enemy of the people, the fake news. They dropped off the word fake. And all of a sudden, the story became the media is the enemy. They take the word fake out. And now I'm saying, oh, no, this is no good. But that's the way they are. So I'm not against the media. I'm not against the press. I don't mind bad stories if I deserve them. And I tell you, I love good stories, but we won't talk. I don't get too many of them. But I am only against the fake news, media, or press. Fake, fake. They have to leave that word. I'm against the people that make up stories and make up sources. They shouldn't be allowed to use sources unless they use somebody's name. Let their name be put out there. Let their name be put out. A source says that Donald Trump is a horrible, horrible human being. Let him say it to my face. Let there be no more sources. And remember this, and not all in, in all cases. I mean, I had a story written yesterday about me in Reuters by a very honorable man. It was a very fair story. There are some great reporters around. They're talented, they're honest as the day is long. They're great. But there are some terrible, dishonest people. And they do a tremendous disservice to our country and to our people. A tremendous disservice. They are very dishonest people. And they shouldn't use sources. They should put the name of the person. You will see stories dry up like you've never seen before. So you have no idea how bad it is because if you are not part of the story, and I put myself in your position sometimes, because many of you, you're not part of the story. And if you're not part of the story, 
you know, then you sort of know if you are part of the story, you know what they're saying is true or not. So when they make it up and they make up something else, and you saw that before the election, polls, polls, the polls, they come out with these polls and everybody was so surprised. Actually, a couple of polls got it right. I must say Los Angeles Times did a great job. Shocking because, you know, they did a great job. And uh, we had a couple of others that were right. But generally speaking, I mean, I can tell you the network. Somebody said, a poll came out. And I say, what network is it? And they'll say a certain, uh, let's not even mention names, right? Show it. You have a lot of them. Look, the not brainwash radio, baby. Is one. Not brainwash radio. Totally. Take a look, honestly. Take a look at their polls over the last two years. Now you'd think they'd fire the pollster, right? After years and years of getting battered, but I, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe they're just bad at polling, or maybe they're not legit. But it's one or the other. Look at how inaccurate. Look at CBS. Look at ABC also. Look at NBC. Take a look at some of these polls. They're so bad, so inaccurate. And what that does is it creates a false narrative. It creates like this narrative that's just like, we're not going to win. And people say, oh, I love Trump. But, you know, I'm not feeling great today. He can't win. So I won't go and vote. I won't go and vote. It creates a whole false deal. And we have to fight it, folks. We have to fight it. They're very smart, they're very cunning, and they're very dishonest. So just to conclude, I mean, it's a very sensitive topic. And they get upset when we expose their false stories. They say that we can't criticize their dishonest coverage because of the First Amendment. You know, they always bring up the First Amendment. And I love the First Amendment. Nobody know, loves it better than me. Nobody. I mean, who uses it more than I do? But the First Amendment gives all of us, it gives it to me, it gives it to you, it gives it to all Americans, the right to speak our minds freely. It gives you the right and me the right to criticize fake news and criticize it strongly. And many of these groups are part of the large media corporations that have their own agenda. And it's not your agenda. And it's not the country's agenda. It's their own agenda. They have a professional obligation as members of the press to report honestly. But as you saw throughout the entire campaign, and even now, the fake news doesn't tell the truth. Doesn't tell the truth. So just in finishing, I say it doesn't represent the people. It never will represent the people. And we're going to do something about it because we have to go out and we have to speak our minds and we have to be honest. Our victory was a win like nobody has ever seen before. And I'm here fighting for you, and I will continue to fight for you. The victory and the win was something that really was dedicated to a country and people that believe in freedom, 
security, and the rule of law. Our victory was a victory and a win for conservative values. And our victory was a win for everyone who believes it's time to stand up for America, to stand up for the American worker, and to stand up for the American flag. Yeah, there we should stand up. Come on. There we should stand up. Okay. And by the way, we love our flag. And by the way, you folks are in here. This place is packed. There are lines that go back six blocks. And I tell you that because you won't read about it, okay? But there are lines that go back six blocks. There is such love in this country for everything we stand for. You saw that on election day. And you're going to see it more and more. So we're all part of this very historic movement, a movement the likes of which actually the world has never seen before. There's never been anything like this. People need this symbol. They need a cat. Are you ready? Where do we start? My name is Sully. I run a bar ways out from anywhere, affectionately called the spaces between. Don't judge, I didn't name it. My companion is Cheddar, a Bernese mountain dog that understands the words attack, kill, stun, and defend, but not the word breakfast. We try to create a welcoming but chill atmosphere for the patrons that stumble through here every now and then. And to be honest, we have to. Because to say my clientele is unusual would be a gross understatement. The kind of folks we get here are looking for an escape, a place where they can talk their troubles away for a nominal fee and won't be judged. But I guess that doesn't separate it from many other bars out there, does it? Well, not only am I a superb listener, but we have a wide selection of unusual beverages. I like to think of them as mood enhancers, or depending on the patron's desire, dampeners. I've gotten together with some unrecognized genius brewery masters working out deals to sell their phenomenal mixtures at a unique place that brings the customers in by the droves to seek their poison of choice that they cannot find elsewhere, and the brewery gets exposure, and everyone wins. I guess for me, I knew sharing some of the stories I've picked up along the way would be of interest to you. And who knows, maybe you'll stop by yourself one day. But you don't pay in cash here. You pay with stories. If you've ever worked in a bar before, you know the happy-go-lucky environment you see on a show like Cheers or on a weekend filled with excitable youths is nothing like the dreary reality of a bar. Midweek Tuesday will forever serve as my motivator to abstain from booze, and it's one of these midweek week Tuesdays that I want to begin our stories. The first patron is a bona fide regular, Catherine Letty. She spends every waking moment with her lips around a bottle of Peruvian beer called Mama Killer's Pulse Thumper, the contents designed to bring your mood and excitement up to such a level that you felt the world around you was virtually throbbing, 
For someone like Letty, though, it simply evened her out. I liked Letty. She was a woman who could not stop talking about her life, but always seemed to have something interesting tucked up her sleeve, or a way about her that turned a mundane story into one of intrigue. She once spent 15 minutes telling me about the watering of her plants and the way her system worked before taking a left turn into how her giant pitcher plant was fed some of her experimental alcohol and it ate her cat. I got home one day and he... Methuselah was just gone. She said between swigs, her youthful face riddled with stress lines, bags under her eyes and a mess of unkempt brown hair. The majority tied back with a clip, but the fringe leaving streaks down her face to complement the streaks of booze running down her chin when she downed too much in one go. With a name like that, maybe it was a godsend. I thought, wiping down the counter while looking at her and offering a vocal affirmation of my condolences. She downed the rest of the booze and slammed the bottle down, swaying as she looked up at me. Do you know why I came here, Sully? She asks her eyes half open and a jovial grin forming across her face as the effects kicked in. Mm, same as everyone else who frequents a bar like mine, I suppose. You want to go somewhere away from prying eyes and drink without being judged. I shrugged, letting the rag fall across my shoulder as I wrung my hands. Maybe the booze, too. I can't say we're not unique in that regard. Nah, I came here because I had nowhere else to go where I could wallow. She declares, announcing the words nowhere and wallow for dramatic effect as she spun in a circle. She pushes some coins in my way, and I grab another pulse thumper for her, but she shakes her head before I can pop the cap. No, I want something else, Sully. I want the pincer. She says, pointing a shaking digit to the shelf behind me where my top stock sat. An assortment of bottles of different shapes and sizes, adorned with labels and logos of equally unique measure. I followed the trajectory of her finger as it landed on a brown bottle with a square center, the liquid settling neatly as it extended out on either side, followed up into jagged glass spikes that formed two huge pincers. If you looked at it through the beer goggles that I am 99% certain Letty had on, the glass would pass for a stag beetle. I didn't reach for it, instead pressing both my hands onto the table and pushing her money back to her. You don't pay for the top-shelf goods with money, Letty. You tell me a story, and if it's good, I'll pour you that drink. She sighed, a hiccup escaping her lips. My money's not good enough for you? I smile and shake my head. Nope, but your stories are. So tell me what happened that day when you came home from work. It was raining, right? You'd forgotten your raincoat. How did you... Yeah, it was freezing out, and I'd had to go get some supplies... They said Hurricane Xander was coming in, and I wanted to be ready. Her eyes sobered over, and her hands shook. She tried to steady them as she cast her eyes to the floor. I thought he'd be okay for just a few minutes. It was just around the corner. I stared at her for a few moments and twirled my mustache. Cheddar was asleep next to me, his drool beginning to coat the floor as he had a habit of falling asleep with his favorite stuffed animal in his mouth. I looked at Letty's posture the tremble in her lips as she fooled with her sleeves and the hesitation in her words. I began to wonder. I sighed and reached for the bottle on the top shelf. It was a delicate orange at the bottom, and the shape was akin to an egg with deep cracks down the middle, allowing for a far brighter shade of yellow to break through. 
top was cracked open with the head of a baby chick popping out, blind and screaming, the open mouth serving as the distributor of the drink. A label across the middle of the egg read, Abacus and Sons Whirlwind Milkum Concoction. One shot and you'll feel the day start anew. I pulled it down and grabbed a shot glass from under the bar. It was clear, and the initials SR were written across it in beautiful black calligraphy. I poured it as she stared aimlessly, and I pushed it toward her. This isn't Pincer, she began, staring at the bubbling orange liquid in front of her. I came here for the Pincer because I heard it- What it does isn't important anymore, Letty. As your expert bartender, I have decided that this is the better drink for you. Trust me. I pushed a contact number on my phone and nodded to her as she hesitantly downed the shot, an audible hiss emanating from her chest as she breathed out yellow smoke. Your taxi will be here in a minute. Time to go home. I said, detaching myself and beginning to prep the bar for the next patron. I... I don't... What does this do? She asked, the realization beginning to take her as she put her head in her hands. I feel faint. Why... Why did I do this? Go home, Letty. I say, almost coldly. If you have any trouble, you can come back, okay? She struggles to get to her feet and rubs her arms as she heads to the door. A small... Thanks, I guess. As she leaves. I assure you, I was doing her a kindness. Letty was going to make a very, very big mistake, and I didn't want to see further harm come to her. A few minutes later, I heard the door swing open as a skinny hipster sauntered in, no older than 25. His thick black locks greased back in an undercut. His Armani suit that usually impressed so many people did nothing to flatter me here. He stared around at the bar, scoffing a couple times as he looked at the signs and plaques on the walls before rolling his eyes at the whole place and taking a seat in front of me. This was the ever-intolerable Gomez de Stefano. And I didn't want him anywhere near Letty. This dude has problems with socializing the way incels have problems with dating. Janice special. Yesterday. He says, looking down disapprovingly of Cheddar and back at me. And make sure your fucking dog stays away from my drink. He comes near my suit, and I swear I'll kick him. Cheddar looks up at him with sleepy eyes, puffs out a sound of protest before sinking his face in his paws to sleep. And I laugh as I find the bottle. You'd be on the floor in five seconds, begging for him not to chomp off your salami slice, Gomez. I call from under the bar, finally finding the cooler. Inside were a set of aged vials split evenly down the middle. The left a deep blue, and the right an intense magenta. The label reading, Estefania Brewery Co. presents the ultimate emotional experience in Janice. All emotions, in two sides, one bottle. I pull it up and motion to Gomez which side he'd like. He picks the blue, and I oblige, pouring it into a tall glass with some ice. What brings you to my ever-so-fine establishment, Gomez? I ask, putting the cooler on the counter and knowing full well that I'll need more of them soon. Gomez drank profusely once he began. I just... I needed somewhere I could go to talk. You know, and this place is the only one I was told wouldn't judge me. His eyes were welling up with tears and he looked morose. I dare say pathetic in the right light. But since this is what he wanted by taking that concoction, I didn't hold much sympathy for him. All right, what do you want to talk about? 
Is it what you told me about last time? I asked, watching for any spillage of tears I'd need to dutifully mop up from my beautiful mahogany counter. The stealing thing? Nah, nah, I don't feel too bad about that part. It's what I saw while I was stealing that fucked with me. I don't know if I'll ever sleep well again now. God, I should have done something. He buries his head in his forearms and sobs, cheddar snorting before getting up, stretching and walking off to the back. Even he wasn't buying this shit. I lean forward, my arms folded, and press him for more. What did you see that night, Gomez? He composes himself and looks up, snot running down his face that he quickly wipes up. The apartment I scouted was simple. Wasn't it a busy area? The broad who lived there wasn't a threat, and neighbors minded their own business. I could go about my job without incident, and my client would get paid nicely. I was told to get a specific item and to do it at a specific time. Only I saw an opportunity and decided to get in an earlier on account of the weather. The weather? But what was so important about that? I narrowed my eyes as his began to widen, clearly impressed with himself. Hurricane season. And there was a fresh one on the horizon and it was even quieter than usual. So I stepped into the apartment without any problems after I knew the broad had left and I began to do my thing. Searching for a lockbox. Doing as I was told. But as I went into a bedroom, I, I heard something coming from the living room. Awful sound like a bear rummaging through trash, but wetter. I heard the sounds of wailing and crunching as I saw a shadow cast over the wall, hunched over in the jaws, tearing at whatever was there, pincer-like arms holding it in place as mandibles ripped and tore. He retched and took a moment to steady himself. I listened intently, the uncomfortable sensation of familiarity running through me. I can't get the fucking image out of my head even now. I got what I needed and bugged out. Handed my shit to the client and never said a word. I came here to forget. To get it out of my fucking head. He shook his head and reached for the other half of the bottle with the magenta mixture, downing it so quickly that splotches fell and stained his suit. You got this upset over someone's kitten being eaten? I don't buy it. I asked, reaching for a bottle on the top shelf. A golden heart with vines growing around it and a rusted key in the center, producing a beautiful oaken hue. The label reading, Winchester's very own hemlock-infused adjudicator. Your first step in the right direction was choosing this drink. His bravado returned, save for a slight shaking in his knee, and he laughed at me as I asked, What can I say? I'm a softy. Hearing a kitten screaming was upsetting. Besides, why wouldn't someone be freaked the fuck out from seeing a shadow eating it, huh? I thought 